Hey, what's up? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we, um, where we don't think about things, and that's, that's cogitations. Cogitations, we think about things, we contemplate them. Uh, with Christianity Now, we do think about things, and we do contemplate them. But we, uh, we look at contemporary issues facing the Lord's church, and we try to do that through the timelessness of God's word. So, oh, Aaron, are you there? Yep, you're back now. You froze up there. Yes, um, I, sh- I should have complete. I had some internet issues this morning. I should have completely just restarted my internet, but I can't do that now. So let's see if we can just bear with this. Um, anyway, hopefully it got the introduction. We have a verse that inspired us uh, about this Christianity Now podcast. So, Aaron, won't you uh, won't you take that away? Absolutely. We have First Chronicles twelve uh, thirty two. That's in the uh, context of David, uh, the kingdom being turned over to him from Saul. And he summoned different individuals to help him during that time. And it's a list of individuals. And some of those uh, individuals were sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And we believe that we need to be more like these men in our day and time. We know what's going on. We understand the times. We know what we ought to do, and the only way we're going to do that is if we think heavily on God's Word and we bend our lives to conform to God's Word. That's right, and we we have to be aware of what is going on in the world. Yep. And, you know, there's some pretty easy ways to do that, isn't it? Um, yep. it? It seems kind of icky sometimes, but you have to look at the things the world is doing. Like, for instance, I'll go ahead and tell you, um, I watched this Netflix special from Chris Rock. He's worldly. He uses bad language. He talks about worldly things. But when you look at, you know, politics is downstream of culture. So when the, whatever's going on in the culture is going to be eventually affecting politics, which will eventually affect the church. Uh, because politics is also uh, is upstream from religion, I believe. I may have that wrong, but the idea is all of these things affect one another. They're three yeah. institutions, uh, the society, the, the, the culture, politics, and the church, or you could say the home. So the home yeah. would be a representation of society. Yeah. And if you look at what's going on in the home or society, eventually that's going to affect politics and the church. It might get to the church before it gets to the political realm, or it might get to the political realm before it gets to the church. But as Christians, we need to have a tender conscience, and we need to separate ourselves from the world. Um, can, can you hear that notification? I've got a notification going off. Can you? No, hear that? I don't think. No, I don't think I hear that. I don't think so. Good. Okay. Well, I, I need to figure out a way to go in and shut off these notifications. I have a computer. It's a it's a PC. It's a show enough heavy hitter, so it it has the. Anyway, so I've got the only problem I can hear is the internet messing up. Yeah, there it go. Okay, so we, we should be back. Yeah, um, yeah. I probably need to go and see. In fact, let me see which internet I have hooked up to. I think next week I need to try to stream with Bell 007 EXT and just use my extender. Anyway, 
Um, but my point is, with watching this um, this special on Netflix, even though there were some things in there that were distasteful, I was able to see how this comedian, who is a an adequate representation of our culture, is is interacting with and navigating and negotiating with this new pseudo-religious woke culture. And let me tell you something. I am greatly encouraged, and it helps me as a gospel preacher, as a minister of the Lord, to be able to minister to the congregation where I am better because I now, through looking at TikTok, through looking at the things that the culture is putting out, I have my finger on the pulse of what is going on. And I'm not saying that you need to get into the pulpit with the newspaper. I've said this before. But you need to know what's going on. As a Christian, you need to know what's going on because you need to know what the enemy is doing. In times of war, many, many resources are spent to figure out what the other side is doing so you can have an edge. And and that's kind of what this, this show is about. Yeah, you know, even if there were things that you didn't want to see or watch as a Christian, as an individual Christian, you could at minimum talk to your own brethren and the people in your community and find out what they believe, find out what yeah. they're teaching, find out what the word on the street is, which we know Christians had to do that in times past because they didn't have videos and TikTok and the internet. You know, it yeah. can still be done, but like TikTok and other things like that can give yeah. you a quick, it can give you a quick, you know, idea. You can you can see who the popular voices are, similar to mainstream media, you know, but it's just another yeah. outlet like that that you're going to see what's going on, what are people saying, what they believe, and how. And it's good to try to understand how and why they believe it too. It's just good to, you know, just to be as knowledgeable about it as we can. Uh, I can't hear you at all now, Tony. Can't hear you at all now. Hmm. I have no way of knowing if it's uh, both of us or not, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, you're back. I, I forgot I closed. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> I did something. Shut me completely off. We'll know not to do that again. Uh, <laughs> Try it again. There you go. Oh, Sue Ross can't hear Tony. Well, you should be able to hear him now. So. <laughs> yeah. We know what we're doing. Um, yeah. What was I? Oh, yeah. A lot of times, whenever you, whenever you talk to the people, when you do this grassroots kind of stuff, it it gives you a better idea than what the mainstream news media tells you because you're not getting the bias. Yes. Uh, and and you know, a lot of times it's you know, like I was watching a TikTok video in preparation for the show today. And I come across one, and the guy just he cussed too much. I couldn't, I couldn't, in good conscience, put it on the show. Yeah, but he talked about, you know, the the mainstream news media wants to tell you that black people hate white people, and white people hate black people, Hispanics hate black and white people, Asians hate all this, that, and the other. We're all divided. He said, but I was at a busy intersection, and there was like, and he was speaking hyperbolically. He said there was a hundred people. And this car stalled. And what I saw and what I participated in was about 20 people got out and helped this person out 
it was a, it was a black family, a woman with her children, and they pushed this car off the intersection into a parking lot and helped that person get a ride and get taken care of, contact her husband, this, that, and the other. And he said, nobody was concerned with the race. Now, the news media wants to tell you that black people hate white people and white people hate black people. My suggestion is stop listening to the news media and get out there and touch grass. That's, that's, yeah. that's the meme going around now. Cut, touch grass. Mm-hmm. Go out there and interact with the people. Yep. And you'll find that, that what you're being told it's like, it's not what it's actually like. Yep. And this had so many reshares. So many people stitch it and do edit, talking about how awesome it is, and and all that good stuff. Yeah, anyway, it's good. Um, but again, I, I just I couldn't share that because of the cursing. Now, mm-hmm. the videos that we have lined up today, we've got three, uh, two of which um, they're kind of I, they, I don't know what the theme of today's videos would be, but I think we're going to have some good conversation there. Or uh, yeah, Aaron. Um, so the, the first one is kind of about this. You know, there's there, there's some things that you're going to disagree with that you probably need to expose yourself to, and you need to chew on them. And as we go through these videos, hopefully we'll find some Bible verses that we can bring in. Hopefully y'all have some Bible verses that you can suggest in the chat. And we'll... One of the videos is from Vody Bauckham, and he's Vody Bauckham is like a stinking bulldog. I, I, I really feel like he is one or two real hard Bible studies away from becoming a Christian, although he's a Reformed theologist. So, you know, if, if, if it'd the be Lord so, has, I know, it'd be so awesome to see him come out of Reformed theology. I know. If, if, could you imagine, like, like, if he got that right and how he could teach against Reformed theology? I know it. Wow. But the thing about it is, I, I don't. I don't think many of my brethren would allow him to come speak, because he's not nice. Yeah, he don't fit the bill. Now he yeah. has he has a double PhD, and one of his PhDs is from Oxford University in England. I mean, he's no joke. But <laughs> he got plenty of scholarly in this. I guarantee it. Do you know why he said he went to get his second PhD in Oxford? Something about how he didn't want people to, you know, say that it was given to him here or something like that. It's because he did not want to, he he wanted to be above reproach. He did not want to be accused of being the token Negro at at one of the American universities because of affirmative action. Wow. So he went outside the United States to get his PhD. That kind of makes me think of like 1 Corinthians 9 and Paul. Like, Oh, yeah. He was willing to make sacrifices and do things to not hinder his ministry. I mean, I know, you know, we're looking at Brother Paul and we're looking at denominational. Boxing, sure, but not an the, exact the, analog, the, but I get your the point. Con, the concept is there. He was willing yeah. to, to go great lengths so that he would not be hindered in what he's teaching, what he believes is right. I know it. All right. Awesome. Yeah, Deborah O'Neill says, I'd go hear him speak. Incidentally, we got 10 folks watching. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm looking here. Missy Malone, Sue Ross, Greg James, Sheila Cole, and of course, Deborah O'Neill. Thank you so much. And um, <laughs> not sure if they'd stay very long at one of the apostles' sermons. Yeah, could you imagine Paul speaking at one of our lectureships today? Yeah. Can you imagine? You people, and he'd be calling names. 
He'd be, <laughs> he, he wouldn't, he's, and, and you people over here, and he'd call their names. Here's what yeah. you've done, and here's what you've, here's what you've thought, and here's how it's stupid. Yeah. Anyway. You imagine, Steve, imagine Stephen's sermon. Ooh. Oh, good grief. Can you, you imagine Stephen? Can you imagine pre Stephen preaching the same type of sermon to a similar need today in the Lord's church? Yeah. You know, he was preaching to Jews then who were God's covenant people under the old system, and they yeah. were just playing church and just well, holding on to their temple, and God doesn't dwell in temples made by hands. And serving under a sinful eldership at Strathmore in Toronto. And I called them out publicly after many, many meetings with them to try to get them to change. And nobody was concerned with the sin. They were only concerned with the fact that I called them out publicly. And they wanted, they, 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 and they fired me over it. But if I would have said, I'll never do this again, and I'm sorry that I did it, they wouldn't have fired me. But I said, no, I would absolutely do this again. This is my job. Look, have you not read the Bible? Like they, 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 they couldn't just go to the scriptures where Paul explicitly states yep. that an elder that's in sin, you call him out before all that the others may fear. It, it's that 11th commandment, man. The 11th, be nice. the 11th commandment trumps 1 Timothy. I know. Of course it does. It does. That's, that's the sad truth. Of course it does. And then, well, Tony, you're just hard to deal with. You're right, I am. <laughs> if if you, yeah, I'm real stinking hard to deal with. I'm like a stinking rabid honey badger. <laughs> I, I just, you, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not I, gonna I, roll over. I notice how you're not easy. I notice how you're not easy on sin. You know, That's what's right. the matter with? I've noticed how you're not easy on laziness. And I'm not. I, not, I notice how you're not easy on. Being a cop out, you know. No. Like, what do you want? You want an evangelist just to, just to continue, oh, continue on the humdrum and just smile. And Steve Higginbotham, many years ago, uh, he started putting out memes with quotes from his sermon. And I don't know if he. I'm sure. I'm I, Steve. I don't think the kind of person that would quote himself. So I think somebody else was doing this. But one of the quotes was something to the effect of. A lot of what passes for sound gospel preaching is actually sound in, in you know, in, in the in the doctrine, but it's delivered in such a way that allows people to put a smile on their face as they march into hell. Yeah, yeah. And and th this is one thing I tell the the church at Riverview. We we talk about this. We're open with it, and that's why we have such a healthy relationship. If you are a sometime in Christian. If you are a Christian that considers themselves to be on a cruise ship and not a battleship, you cannot be a part of any congregation where I preach and also be contented and happy. Yeah. Because you cannot listen to my preaching and not think that every time I stand behind the pulpit that I'm doing anything other than preaching directly Christian, and yep. you're a Christian that's not bought in, and you and you conceptualize the church as a cruise ship instead of a battleship. Absolutely. 
You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be able to sit in a pew and, and be okay with yourself. It's like, have we forgotten the work of the evangelist? Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Yes. And, and, and that, that may, it's it, the, by virtue of the fact that I preach that way, it is, in my opinion, my conviction, it is more incumbent upon me to, to exhort all the more. Because you're going to reprove and you're going to rebuke. If you don't exhort, you yourself are going to bust hell wide open because you're putting a barrier to entry yeah. of the kingdom. Yeah. You're running people off unduly. You've got to you got to make it you got to make that process as easy as possible within the parameters of scripture. I love Deborah's comment. It makes me it humbles me and it makes me proud all at the same time. There's a reason I've stayed so long on Tony Brewer's pages. He's honest and points out what's wrong, not to be pointing it out, but to get us to think about what we're really doing. Yeah, because we yeah. we want to see the change. Yeah, we we not only want to do God's will as evangelists, but we want to see the change. Yeah, I I want to see my brethren do well and do better and grow. Yeah, and the same is true of me. I don't want to be humdrum, even keel, floating along. I want to learn and grow and repent when needed and move forward. Quit being the humdrum. The hum. The people in the community don't. They will never be saved by the humdrum. Just the no. the con the constant, you know, dead center, bored, dead with the gospel. People just no enthusiasm, no zeal, you know, no seriousness about obeying God and and helping people to see this is what the truth is, and this is this is the error. You know, so many people don't call this out, don't call that out. How will they ever learn if the, it's not called out? People say, yeah. well, just teach the truth. Well, that is teaching the truth. You know, yeah. if you just teach the truth, you don't have to. That is teaching the truth. You know, the old preachers used to, even in, even in the last hundred years, the old preachers used to contrast the truth with error. It's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. It's not this. It's not that. It's not that. Yeah. You, you have to do that in a world of, of constant pluralism. You have to point out the right and the wrong. Otherwise, people are going to go headlong into the wind, and they are. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this, let me let me give let me give you an example of a conversation. Uh, uh, question: Is there to, any way to preach on denominational? Oh. All right, am I back? Yeah. Okay. Is there any way to preach on? Go ahead. It, it, funny question. Is there any way to preach on denominationalism without mentioning denominations? Denominations or denominationalism? LOL. Like he's laughing at this. And I know him, so I, I, I can hear it in it. Like it would be like me saying, Aaron, <laughs> let me ask you something. Is there any way to preach about denominations and denominationalism without actually mentioning denominations and denominationalism? Well, here's my response. <laughs> If there is, I don't know it. I suppose there is, but wouldn't it be more effective just to call it what it is? I have run into this before. It seems that some want you to preach the truth and call out sin, just do it in a way that makes it ambiguous so as not to run anybody off. And, and when people preach that way, 
people walk away going, they scratch their head. What, what, what exactly was he talking about? What? I don't want people walking off wondering what I was talking about. Right. What a waste of time. What a sinful waste of time for an evangelist of God's word. That's well, wasting God's time. It is. God, yeah, it really is. People need to know. Here's a good one from Sheila. Ministers must look at their congregations and point out weaknesses so growth can happen. If people get unhappy and leave, they were lost anyway. Oh, sister, you're just so mean. How can you be so mean as to say something like that? You know, I'm you know I'm being yep. very very sarcastic. Yep. Um, I was I I did a meme on Facebook years ago, and I said something to the effect of, "If you leverage your attendance against getting your own way in the Lord's church, well, bye. You were never there to begin with." And I got so much hate and heat off of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where's the controversy? Seriously, where's the controversy? Yep. You first off, there's a sin of pride. I'm so important that my very presence shapes the way that godly appointed leadership dictates we ought to go. <laughs> so yeah. that's the very first, that's the very first Sin is a sin of pride, and and we could it, it cascades down from there. Yep, yep. <laughs> she Sheila says I'm mean because you taught me. It's, it reminds me of that. Of that <laughs> it reminds me of that um, commercial back in the '80s about drugs, where the kid the, there's a there's a joint or something found in the kid's clothes, and uh, the, where did you learn? You're cutting out right. again. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. You said they found a joint in the kids' clothes and what? Yeah, the joint in the, in the, in the hook of the, of the commercial was, where did, you, where did you learn about this? And the kid just finally breaks down. It's, really, it's over the top and histrionic. He says, I learned it by watching you. Yeah. Anyway, Sheila says, I'm mean because <laughs> you taught me. Of course, she's laughing. She's got the emojis with the laughing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. learned it from you, Dad. Oh man. You know, these people that are not in Christ that are away, and these members of the church that have fallen away, our job as teachers of God's word is to draw them closer to God, not with sugar, not with honey, with the gospel. Yeah. Not what people think is the gospel. And I, I, I believe people there are some people who don't know the Bible. They're, they are so poorly knowledged in the word. Yeah. They think that our job is to preach what they think the gospel is. Like they actually think that. They as soon as you say something different from what they believe, that it, it like it just shatters them. It just sinks their ship. It's like, no, my job is to study hard the word of God and not teach what I want, not what will and keep my job. You. Yes. Oh, I get that so many times. I, or I've gotten that so often. Tony, you you've you you teach above our heads. Well, first off, I'm not teaching above everybody's heads. You know, I got that in Toronto. There, you know, there are 200 people associated with that congregation. And some woman called me, and I was so, she she expected me to cater my grammar and my vocabulary to her children. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. What you're asking me? First off, it's unreasonable of you to expect me. 
to know the level of vocabulary of your children. Yeah, of every young person in the building. Like, how could yeah. you possibly know that? And I try to explain to you, like, what I have to do, especially if I'm at a, if I'm preaching to a congregation of, of 200, I've got to pick the middle. And what's going to happen, because that, that, that's the, that's where you get the least amount of resistance, the least amount of dissonance. Uh, if I pick the middle, I'm going to be preaching above some people's heads or teaching above some people's heads, and I'm going to be teaching below others. So some people might run the risk of getting a little bored, and some people are going to feel lost. But I'm not, it's it's egocentric for you to think that I'm, I'm speaking to one individual, and that individual is you. Yeah. What about the what about the individual that's in the congregation that has a double PhD? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't cater to him or her. Yeah. Yeah, and and not just and not just earthly education levels either, Damn. but also just not only educational levels, but also their their knowledge of God's word itself. You know, just people that have been Christians for a year, ten years, twenty years of serious Bible study who. Again, like that middle line is what is about the best bet because, and you try to preach a variety of things from the context yeah. of God's word to sow the seed broadly to everybody, but there's some specifics that need to be handled too. Sometimes you can speak just to the young people in a certain setting, but just your bread and butter every Sunday morning to the whole assembly, you can't focus just on just the older, just the middle aged, just the young. You've got to put it out there. And hold up a high standard where they can grow to it. That's it. That's it. All right. That's a good segue into our videos. Are you ready, Aaron? Yeah, go ahead. All right. We may have to. I, I'm not. I, when I say rush, I don't mean we. Anyway, we may have to be conscious of our time because we're like 26 minutes in. I've enjoyed yeah. this thoroughly. Yeah. 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 And uh, this always happens. Anyway, hold on. Andrew Tate. All go right. Ahead. Let me move this to where. Is that what we wanted? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that right there would be. Okay. So this this video is the Wrangler camp, and it's this cowboy, and he gives cowboy wisdom. And this cowboy is talking about Andrew Tate. Now, for those of you that don't know, for those of you that have been, you know, out of the loop, Andrew Tate is a very controversial figure. Very controversial. Um, he's being held in Romania right now. He has not been charged. Witnesses have come out to exonerate him, and evidence has come out to exonerate him of the crimes that he's been charged with. But the Romanian government says, nope, we're not going to hear that. We still want to hold him. So it really looks like he's a political prisoner right now. But his basic message, he, he's... He's the other side. He's the hedonistic version of Jordan Peterson. In other words, Jordan Peterson says men and women need to stay in their gender roles. Women need to understand that the way to have a fulfilled life is by fulfilling their innate gender roles, mm -hmm. which would be get married, have children. You know, don't focus so much on career. Don't be masculine. Be feminine. And men need to get off their duff. Support someone that's not themselves. In other words, get married, rear children, all this and the other. Traditional Western culture gender roles. Well, Andrew Tate saying basically the same thing, except he's hedonistic. Not somebody you need to listen to and just take it all in and, and think everything's gold. Yeah. 
but listen to what Wikipedia is written. Oh. All right, I'm back. Uh, that's how the encyclopedia is written. It starts with information for a beginning and paragraph by paragraph grows by grade level until the information is for adults. A small child can read it all and still learn. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to have to go back and look at the encyclopedias now. All right. Here's the, here's the video. Andrew Tate. The first few times I watched some of his videos, I'm like, this dude disturbs my calm. But I came across some others. I'm like, dude is spouting straight up truth right there. Then I watched some others and I'm like, man, that is stinky tofu. But then I watched some others and I learned some things. You will learn more by chewing on what you disagree with and working out. Why do I disagree with this so much? One of two things will happen if you have the courage to go through that process. Number one, you will learn something. Or number two, you will walk away much more settled and much stronger in your original belief because you put it to the test and you came out the other side of the test. Andrew Tate. I love it. I do too. I know nothing about that guy and I don't care. I love what he said. I, yeah. Oh, I he, he's cool. Yeah. yeah, smokes a big old cigar. I love cigars. I ain't gonna lie to you. It, it's a scruple. You you do what you do behind closed doors. Um, if I had an area where I could smoke a cigar, that it wouldn't absolutely stink up the entire house, and my wife would stop loving me, and and and, <laughs> yeah. and, and washing my clothes and treating me good, I would smoke a cigar probably at least two or three a week. Now, that being said. <laughs> Notice what he said about Andrew Tate. He did not comment in total about Andrew Tate's character, did not co comment in total about the, 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 the main thrust of his message. He said, I watched some of his stuff that upset me. I watched some of his stuff that I agreed with. Then I watched some more of the stuff that upset me. But all in all, I've learned things from him. Yeah. That is a humble man. Mm-hmm. That is a humble man. I've said this before. When it comes to horses, when I was in the height of training horses, it doesn't matter what room that I was in. I was the expert in, 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 in starting colts under saddle. That, that's it's not arrogant. It's just, just a fact. You, you don't know anybody probably that's started more colts under saddle than I have. However, Aaron, first off, I'll ask you, and you grew up in Alabama, you may have started some, you may have messed with some horses. Mm -hmm. Try it again. All right. Uh, have you ever started a colt under saddle? No, I haven't. I don't have okay. I don't have any experience with horses. I've ridden them like twice and that's it. Okay. So if you ever started a colt under saddle and you started that colt from being totally green to where most people with a little bit of confidence and balance could ride it. So past green broke, in other words, not, not, not kid broke, but just broke, you know, broke enough to ride by most people. I'm still the expert, generally speaking, when it comes to starting coats under saddle. However, Aaron, you will have taken something from your experience 
that will help me with mine, that I could add to my pool of knowledge, and I can actually learn something of value from you. Because I'm the expert on cults, all right? But you're the expert with your cult. Yeah. And and you've taken something from that. Yeah. That I can help. So we need to we need to look at life like that, you know. Yeah. But I I can learn this this person, you know, the, the Baptist preacher down the road. And and again, this is a stark contrast to the things that I normally say. The things that I normally say are we don't need to sit at the feet of denominational scholars, and I don't think we do. But in our day to day, like for instance, when we're studying the Bible with a person who's a Baptist or a Methodist or Episcopalian, whatever. We need to give them the respect to hear them out yep. and then validate them on the things for which they can be validated. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you, And we need to under... Go ahead. I was just saying, I like how you said, you know, learn why I disagree with what they're saying. And you're mm-hmm. going to come out with understanding what you believe even better and understanding what they believe instead of assuming and talking over one another. That's the problem a lot of times. We think we hear someone say something that they're not actually saying. We come to the plate with some type of bias, and that's not an intellectual problem. Like, like you're, you just don't have the ability to learn. No, it's not that. It's you ha- We have to be alert and aware that yes. we can misunderstand someone. That happens so often. I've done it. You've done it. All God's children have done it. I mean, I you, you can you can quote the Bible backwards and know all the Greek and be the wisest of the sages, but you still just, you could still misunderstand what someone's saying if you're not giving it the due respect and attention that it deserves, you know? Yes. And, and like I said, you should you put it into the test and then you come out better after the test, you know? That's just so critical. I mean, I've learned that the hard way, assuming things that people believe, cutting people off, trying to prove that they're wrong. Got to catch them right here because they got to get this. They got to get this. It's like, no, I got to listen. Yep. Absolutely. And you might be surprised. You might find some common ground that you didn't know you had. And for those of you that are like, well, well, how can you find common ground with somebody like XYZ? Paul, Paul's spirit was stirred up, and he went up to Mars Hill, and he said, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you were too religious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found one with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. We worship the same God. Now you do it ignorantly but we still worship the same God. So if I can't do anything else other than and uh, in finding common ground, yep. I can at least look at my friends and neighbors that are in the denominational world and say, you know what? You worship Jehovah God, and you consider yourself to be practitioners of the way that is Christ. Mm-hmm. You do it ignorantly. But you have a desire, just like me, to spend eternity in heaven. And you may well be an enemy of the cross, but I find nowhere in Scripture where you are my enemy. 
that's a good lesson to learn. And what about Paul saying, you know, for in God we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are also his offspring. There he goes quoting these people that were not inspired by the Holy Spirit, but yeah. yet all truth is God's truth. That's it. And they, and they did speak the truth on that matter. Yes. And then finally, I think about Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You and me may get together and we may disagree heartily on an issue. But if we go to Scripture, if we come back, if we come away from Scripture, we may still disagree heartily on an issue. But we will both be better off for that exchange. Yeah. If we're honest. Anything you want to add before we go to the next video? There's a there's a ton to be said about attitude and like Ain't first Corinthians eight, love, love, you know, loving your brother even when you disagree with them, you know, handling handling them in that way. Yeah. Like you, you truly, you know, you truly care for them. You're trying to get them to see, you know, Whatever where they're saint. wrong. Oh. oh, it's all right. It's kind of difficult with the cutting in and out. I know. I think. Am I back now? Yeah. Okay. So I'm back now. Um, yeah. Don't take challenging discussions personally. Um, oh. Whenever the saints die, whenever a saint dies, do they go directly to heaven or do they go to paradise? There, there's two different factions of belief, and some of our giants of the faith in the past. Um, now I can't think of any of their names, Aaron. Uh, Foy E. Wallace, Guy in Woods. Yeah. Um, What's his face? Little short guy that can quote from Genesis to the maps. Uh, Johnny Ramsey. They they all disagreed on several of these topics. Mm-hmm. Why do we know how much they disagreed? I believe the reason the brethren at large knew of their disagreements is because they argued about it publicly, but they modeled this behavior. They were able to argue about it publicly and maybe even have passionate and even sometimes heated debates. But they remained brethren. Yep. I don't see that behavior modeled anymore. Now, if I publicly say something that uh, somebody disagrees with, I'm ostracized and I'm, I'm kicked over to my little corner of the world and corner of, of Facebook or social media and that the other, per, the other person retreats to his corner. And we've created a faction over an academic pursuit. Mm-hmm. You see that. Look at the way Gus Nichols and Guy Woods publicly debated about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But yet, I, from everything I've read and heard, those guys loved each other. And had, they had a close friendship, from my understanding. Yep. Isn't that something? I know it. Like, well, how I mean, can we get back to that? I, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a name. Uh Drew Leonard, I, I don't talk to him very much at all, but I consider him for sure more than an acquaintance. I would count him among my friend. Mm-hmm. I vehemently disagree with him on several topics. Mm-hmm. And we have discussed these things passionately. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like he thinks of me one iota less because of it. Yeah. He has his and, conviction and he defends it quite well. 
I have my conviction. I feel like I defend it quite well, if you'll forgive me in advance for being a little bit, I don't know, prideful, maybe, vain, who knows, but but we're brethren. Yep. We're members of the same church. We have the same Lord. We worship the same God. We worship, we both worship scripturally, you know, we, you know, scriptural worship. We're, you know, what, why do we, why do we have to be dogmatic about these areas that do not directly affect our salvation? What, why, why are, are, is it the case that maybe we could be guilty of, of just being more concerned about being right academically than we are right with God all the way, like in attitude and in the way we treat one another, mm. uh, love and respect. And yeah, I just, I try so hard not to write people off. That's, yeah. I used to, I, I, I honestly just honest itself in examination in years past, I wrote a lot of people off at least in my mind. I might not have been bold enough to say it publicly, but I wrote yeah. a lot of people off in my mind. But I, I feel like I'm a lot different now. I try so hard. There's a lot of godly people doing a lot of good works. Mm -hmm. And they are trying so hard, like even in studying, they're very diligent in their study. They're not just, who cares what the Bible says? You don't have to follow the authority of God. Nothing like that. The direct opposite of that. Wayne Jackson is a prime example. I don't think he was very well informed on issues of the Holy Spirit. I don't think he articulates his arguments very well. And I don't believe he articulates it. And, and God forbid, I'm talking ill of the dead. I, 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 the man's gone on to his reward. And I believe that reward is in eternity in heaven. Yeah, so I believe that just, brother's right with God when he died. I do. Exactly. I'm not the judge, but I exactly. believe I, I, I fully believe he was, yeah. as much as we can know on this side of eternity, he's... He's at, he's he's in paradise awaiting the final judgment that's going mm -hmm. to go in his favor. All right. That being said, there's a couple of 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 issues that I just believe he was dead wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're such a scholarly individual in all these other areas. How could you miss the mark on these two or three things? Yeah. You know? And and as a human, it does color a little bit. Yeah, how I look at him and look right. at his writings, right? Just, you know, but well, it makes you not as attracted to his writings as you might be somebody else's, you know. But yeah. you just have to strive to keep in mind Jesus died for him too, and he he, he didn't get being in Christ and the Lord's church wrong, you know. That's he didn't, it. You know, you know. I, I, I'm with you. All right. I, I like a, I like a lot of what he wrote, but there are two or three things that I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I do not agree. With, and 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 one hundred percent, it's a me issue. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I allow that to color his other writings and such, yeah, and especially like mm -hmm. to speak ill of brethren like that. You know, he just, I just, you know, he wasn't a good. He was, he wasn't yeah. faithful, and just things like that. That's that's wrong. Ah, Pride, go ahead. Am I back now? Yeah, go ahead. Hopefully next week I'll have my internet. I, I think I know what's wrong. It's a mistake on my end. Anyway, I would only talk about him like this in 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 this context. With, uh, but for the fact we're trying to put this kind of content out to model behavior, and I'm being vulnerable and letting you know what I consider to be a shortcoming on my part, 
you yeah. wouldn't even know that that I ever disagreed with Wayne Jackson on anything. Yeah, I don't go around talking about Brett unless they're speaking damnable error that causes people to go to hell. That's it. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna point them out. I'm not and gonna make them. Even then, a I don't think I'm gonna go out of my way to do it, Aaron. I, I know. I know. Not unless they're I, in my backyard. I, I remember yeah, well, Barry Odell. Yeah. Barry Odell's in the comment section. Uh, years ago, uh, we did some content and we talked about the renewed heaven, renewed earth. And we were discussing whether or not it's a matter of fellowship. And my response was, I don't know. Right now, I don't think it is. But I don't have anybody in my backyard that's teaching it. If I had somebody in my backyard that was teaching it, I might feel differently. You'd, you'd probably study it with a different intensity or a different yeah. concern. I want yeah. to make sure that the flock that I'm trying to teach each week as an evangelist is not picking up on some of these things. Because I, I do agree with their print, or excuse me, I do disagree with their premise. But bottom line, like, is that going to cause them to be lost? I'd have to think more yeah. about that and that kind of thing. Exactly. We, need to be, we need to be quick to not condemn people to hell. We, exactly. We, well, I think there's a there's a principle: lay hands suddenly on no man. Now that's all in the realm of practicing church discipline on an elder, and yeah. you're you're not supposed to lay hands suddenly. In other words, I don't. I think what being taught there is don't don't grab a guy to do discipline too quickly, and it, you can also on the flip side don't lay hands in approval on a guy too quickly. You know, vet him properly. But yeah. but the point is. Well, we need to be uh, slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to wrath. Yeah. You know, we, we, whenever it does come time to act, it needs to be decisively with conviction. Yeah. But because we are to act decisively and with conviction, then it is all the more incumbent upon us to make sure what we decided concerning our convictions is the right thing. Yeah, when we know something is sin because God's word spells it out, we don't need to beat around the bush about it. So people, where people walk away wondering, does does he believe? Was he teaching us? God says that they need to know for sure. This is clear cut. God has, God has clearly taught that this behavior is a violation of His will. And when we know that and believe that, we don't mess around with it. We don't just allow our brethren to live in a perpetual state of sin because we don't want to withdraw. We don't want to publicly warn. We don't want to publicly warn the flock about a guy in our backyard that's teaching error about the one church that's going to cause people to go to hell. You know, you talk with that preacher privately. Oh, yeah, I believe that that apostatized uh -oh. congregation, I believe they're yeah. wrong, but, the, but, but, but they're not going to stand. They don't stand and contend like they should. That's it. All right, next video. You're going to love this one, Aaron. Go ahead. This is from TikTok. It is, uh, well, we saw this other fella. He's the fella that wears the hat, and he's all tatted up and everything. Yeah. And uh, I just, the, the more content that I see from him, the more I like him. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. The first few times I watch some of his videos, I'm like, this dude. These are my top seven lies about Jesus Christ and Christianity. That all right. If you'll notice, if you're watching this on video, you'll see it says stitch incoming. What that means is on TikTok, you can look at somebody's video and you hit a button and you can quote unquote stitch your reply 
to that video and upload it to your TikTok account, and it becomes your video. And that's what this guy's done. So this guy's saying, there, here are my top seven lies about Jesus Christ and Christianity. And then, of course, this, this fellow is going to, this fella that's going to uh, stitch is going to rebut what this man is saying. That modern believers fall. Oh, this should be good right here. Let's, let's get ready. Let's hear it. Now, look at this guy. Look, he's got tattoos on his face. He's got a tattoo between his eyes, man. Is this the guy we've seen before? He was like laying down. He's yes. talking about the organization of the church. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, 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 he doesn't look like a man of God. He doesn't look like a Bible student. Why, <laughs> why you know, what right, right does he have to get out here and, and be professing Jesus like he, well, look. I, well, I, I, don't even, I don't even think I can say what I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I got more respect for him than I do some of these people that I see with a steel rod in the, in the place of a spine, and they're so stiff, and they're wearing a tie, and every hair and every eyelash and everything is plucked and pricked and gelled with precision. It's like, you just look fake, man. This dude's not fake. Especially when on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. That's See, that's the thing. That's, oh, man, Matthew uh, 24. Yeah. Or 23, yeah. 23, yeah, it is 23. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Those lies, all right? Oh. All right, am I back? Yeah, I think so. Try it again. Impression. He's like, oh, you're saying that for real, dude? <laughs> He's like, give me those lies. Look. Things that are ridiculous deserve and need to be ridiculed. That's where we get the word. If, if you want to show, think about those 400 prophets of Baal. Where is your God? Maybe he went on a journey. Maybe he's in the bathroom. <sighs> Maybe he's sleeping. If you, if you cut yourself some more, maybe he'll answer you. Scream louder. Elijah was ridiculing the ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Galatians 1.3. This should be easy, but I'll give you a few. Galatians 1.3 says, Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, for our sins. Oh, listen. Do you see what he, you hear what he said, Aaron? He or, said our, not our. <laughs> or. <laughs> or. Jesus died our. for our sins. Our, our sins. sins. It says it right there. Yeah. How can you take this man seriously? Anything he says. Well, because it's truth. It's right out of the Bible, isn't it? Yep. No more clergy nowadays, is it? Yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. But let's go forward. I need you to listen to this one real good. Romans 5, 8. Won't you turn to it? Take a second, pause, whatever you need to do. But God demonstrates his own love for us. Listen to this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Let me say it again. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. This is the equivalent of somebody saying, the sky at no time is ever blue. So you walk outside and you go, look, 
you're saying the sky is not blue. Look, that's blue. <laughs> there it is. I, I've, I've talked to people that say, you know, we're no longer under a law, but we're under grace. Look, Galatians chapter 6. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We can have a debate on what that is. We can have a debate on how to do that. We can have a debate on what all that means. But you say we are not under the law or under a law, and Paul says we have to we have to do something to fulfill the law of Christ. So you're wrong. The law. Am I back? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So you, we cannot have a discussion as long as you deny we're under a law. This dude in the video, we cannot have a discussion while you're saying Christ did not die for our sins. Now, you and I have talked about this. I have said from a, from a, from a theological, very pedantic, way of looking at something, very specific way of looking at something. Christ died not for me personally, but for the sins of the whole world. The substitution, the substitutionary, the substitution, the substitutionary nature, I'm getting that wrong, of Christ's sacrifice, he wasn't substituted on the cross for me. He was a substitution for Adam. So there's a sense in which, no, Christ died for the sins of the whole world collectively. But evidently, from a practical standpoint, according to the language of Scripture, Jesus died for my sins Yeah, because I'm part of the whole world. I'm part of the group for which Christ died. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, can, we can discuss the ins and outs of that. But if you say Christ did not die for our sins, and the Bible clearly says Christ died for our sins. Then you're 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 just too you're just too dumb to to, to talk to. Right. Let's keep going. Sins. Keep going. That's enough of that. We we got that taken care of. I can give you a hundred more. But let's go forward with your nonsense. The reason Jesus Christ was on a cross is because that's how the Romans always crucified people. He was not the only one. In fact, you can get crucified for a lot of different things back then. That's why there was two men on either side of him that were also on crosses being crucified. Do you? The most impressive thing I've ever heard come out of somebody's mouth in a debate is coming out of this guy's mouth. I love it. Listen to it. Not like you're not already listening, but you know. <laughs> get it. <laughs> it gets me excited. Check this out. Who even study? Turn over to Galatians 3.13. I'll tell you what it says. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Christ redeemed us. But let me show you where that came from long before the Romans, sir. So pay attention. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 and 23, this is what it says. If a man guilty of a capital offense is put to death and his body is hung on a tree, you must not leave his body on that tree overnight. This is why. Be sure to bury him that same day because anyone who is hung on a tree is under God's curse. That's why he hung on a tree to take the curse of mankind, which is all the way back long before the Romans. It was... I'm talking froze up. Yeah. 
All right. Am I back? Yeah. Okay, I'm back. So that he may have drawn more conclusion there than the evidence. I'm not saying that's the brilliant part, but the brilliant part is coming. That's why. Do you even study, sir? But let's keep going. And you're right. Anybody could be crucified, but not everybody could pay for our sins. And it seems like one of those guys that was actually hanging on the cross by Jesus surely recognized that when he says, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since we are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, our, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said unto him, I tell you the truth today. You will be with me in paradise. That was somebody crucified right on side of him, recognized the deity, recognized that he couldn't pay for his own sins. But there was one man who was God in the flesh that could pay for all sins when he was crucified. And that is the blood of the unblemished lamb, Jesus Christ, sir. You have got it all confused and you haven't studied much, obviously. So the thing that I, that I think was so brilliant is he, not, he acknowledged like, yeah, you're right. Many people died on the cross, but there was only one who could actually pay for our sins. And that's what this is about. Yeah. And, and one of those people on the cross with him recognized it. Yeah. I'm wondering, Tony, the very beginning, the first guy that he stitched. So this guy's stitching the other guy, right? Yes. The first guy, I don't know that the viewers, including myself, got everything that guy said. I don't know. Uh, well, he just said there's seven. So this dude has. Seven lies right. that modern Christians believe. Lie number one, one, Jesus died for your sin. Yeah. Lie number two, something about the crucifixion. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but. Yeah. Okay. And of course, this guy doesn't break down all seven of them. It's kind of funny. All right. we'll, we'll play the rest of the video out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, play it. Well, let's go on one last time. Matter of fact, I've said enough. We preach the cross and Christ crucified, the unblemished lamb who paid for all humanity's sins. You just got to believe. And what you're talking is a lie. Bye. What you're talking is a lie. I love it. What's wrong with that? He's all into it. And he didn't even go to the other five. He just said, look, we, we preach. And now he did say, all you got to do is believe it. And, and there's a sense in which that is true. You got to believe it. And because of your belief, you have to take action, which that's faith, yeah. yada, yada. Anyway. Yeah, just define terms. You know. Yep. But it don't take a PhD. Be a, oh. You're back. All right. You can be a tatted up, reformed junkie. Which I, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know, that dude may not have ever done drugs in his life, but, yeah, you know, he, he, he looks like your quintessential ne'er-do-well that reformed his life because of the power of Jesus. Yeah. And incidentally, yeah. you know, that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work that even if you don't come to the right conclusions, if you do what the Bible says, you will live a much better life on this earth. Yeah, you'll reap the benefits of the Spirit's teachings. On earth. Yep, on earth. You, yeah, you, you will. Gotta, you got to go into eternity, yeah. so you better make sure you get the idea of salvation yeah. and stuff like that right. But Yeah, if you don't, you ain't going to the right place. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that that's the two videos that really, you know, 
what would be the theme? Study, uh, man. Chew yeah. on this stuff. Don't yeah. take personal or challenging discussions personally. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ridicule the ridiculous and don't be afraid yeah. to assimilate the truth even when it's wrapped in a package that's less than desirable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Are we people that can't hear the truth from certain people, even sometimes our own brethren, because they didn't grow up the same way we did? Mm. They don't make the same money we do. They have tattoos we don't. You know, they weigh X amount of pounds we don't. Yeah. They just on and on the list goes. You know, do we look down at our brethren? Sometimes I feel like our brethren, we do look down on one another for certain things that are irrelevant, that are not important. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel sometimes I feel for new converts when they're leading a prayer. You yeah, know, know a, new, a new brother, he's leading a prayer. And I'm just in my prayer, I'm over there going, praying that our brethren don't think bad of him. I, I remember listening to a prayer and the guy got nervous and he mixed up ascended and descended. <laughs> and somebody pointed it out. I'm like, how? You know, he, the, Jesus descended into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He knows Jesus didn't descend into heaven. He was <laughs> nervous and he got tongue twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Why in the world would you come up and point that out? Yeah. And since I opened the can, like, if we do hear a brother say something that's wrong and we absolutely feel the need to, you need to have a minute with him before you start correcting him. Like, <laughs> you, you need to know him kind of, you know. You do. And, you, you, and, have, and, you need to have a relationship. You do. And in addition to that, my suggestion that I want to tell people, you know, and this is not just for our people here. I think this concept goes everywhere. Like, yeah. you don't have to go to the evangelist to get the evangelist to correct him. You go have a relationship with that new brother. And when you build it up just a tad, you can talk to him, commend him on his prayer and say, hey, I wanted to help you with something. That's it. You know, and you Let can just say, you what I did. Did, you, did you realize that you said this? Because they might yeah. say, yeah, I did. And I know that's wrong. I know I did, Jesus yeah. ascended into heaven. Yeah, I, I knew see, it was wrong the minute it came out of my mouth, but I didn't see, know I what try to, to do. I, I try to do that with people, like clarifying statements, you know, like ask people, hey, did I hear you to say? I recently had a, a somewhat of an intense encounter with someone, and that's what I asked them. Did I hear you to say this? You know, yeah. make sure, because they might say, I think I might have said that, but I didn't mean that. I meant yes. this. Instead of just going in there like this, just pointing right at them, you know. I know you did this. I know you did wrong. You said, I know your intent. And, and like, do not ever, never, ever, ever under any circumstances think that you know perfectly what somebody says or believes because you've heard it on a video, yes. even out of their own mouths. Amen. Yep. Um, oh, there was something. There. Oh, yeah. At Aubrey Church of Christ. While I was in school, I preached there while I was in school and even almost a year afterwards. And I was talking about how that in certain circumstances, a woman could teach a man that if the man is an unbeliever, a woman, there's no authority over which the woman is usurping. And I cited Aquila and Priscilla. And I said, and the scripture says of Aquila and Priscilla that those two women taught Apollos the way of the Lord more perfectly. Notice what I said. 
those two women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After the, so you know, there's always a little break between the service. <laughs> we were out in the foyer <laughs> and the old, one of the old men with all of the grace and, and patience of a Southern Christian gentleman <laughs> said, uh, Brother Tony, he said, I, I thought that Aquila and Priscilla were married. I said, well, they were. <laughs> he said, oh. He said, well, you said that they were women. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I may have said that, but that's because I got messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's because I misspoke. Yeah. But, 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 you know, he didn't come at me and said, you're a false teacher. You said, no, he, I, I thought that, think how humble that is. That's, that's called a one down position. He didn't come at me from a position of power. He come at me from a position of humility. Or even a position of disappointment. Tony, I can't believe you would say that. Why would you say that? Cause you, I know, you know, lesbian, you're you know, the, oh. oh, now you're back. Now you're back. Like even like a position of like, Surprise again, clarifying statements is very important. Like, yeah, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt too, instead of like coming to Tony and saying, you know, I can't believe you say Quill and Priscilla are two women because I know you believe that the practice of lesbianism is sinful. What, why would you, you just shot me when you would say that? Like, yeah. and then later when you come back, you say, well, brother, I don't, no, I don't believe that. And then you clarify, yeah. then later there's you well, sitting there going, why did they come to me thinking I said that? It makes you feel like you're being judged or somebody's yeah. trying to get you, you know. Yes, yeah, the the way you said it there, that that's what's called a harsh startup. Yeah. That's assuming yeah. my intentions were impure. But if you come and you make it all in other words, it's non-ego driven conversation. In other words, he he came to me and said he put it on him. He took it off from me. He said, I always thought Aquil and Priscilla were married. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love how he took it off of you? I know. I mean, it's like, help me, God, give me the wisdom. You know, that's what I, I want to just take it because because I want them to get. God wants all of us to get the truth of it. You know, yeah. Correct when we're wrong. He don't want us to get mad with each other and quit the faith. No, because somebody came hard on us. You know, absolutely. All right. I, thought, I always thought they were husband and wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or married. Really, they were. <laughs> he said, "Well, you said these women." I'm like, oh, yeah, I did, but I yeah. didn't mean to. <laughs> and it was yeah. funny. We had a laugh about it. Yeah. All right. Now you probably you probably had a minute relationship with him too before that. Oh, I'm we sure. had yeah, just slightly. Had, yeah, had just a, a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, he could have come to me and he could have hacked on me. He could have laughed and said, "I didn't realize you was teaching the virtues of a lesbian relationship." Yeah. Yeah. Because he knew that, you that well. He, he knew done me that. that well, but but yeah. he chose not to. Yeah, because yeah. it just the, the humility of the exchange. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Next video, we're going to show this video, Aaron. This is a. Uh, uh, I'm going to show this video, and then let's find some Bible verses or a Bible verse that that would apply to it. In other words, we're going to use this as an illustration in a Wednesday night devotional, and we need a Bible verse to go with it. Are you ready? <laughs> Kind of making me go back to the stump the preacher days. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. I don't I don't often find them because they're a little bit hard to hunt for. And yeah. quite frankly, I don't, don't want to spend that many hours on TikTok. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I did come across this one. I thought it was funny. Or funny is not the right word. Interesting. 
Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. People wouldn't understand. Ah. Hold on. Am I back? Yeah. All right. What's an unwritten poor person rule that rich people wouldn't understand? So this, this, the way TikTok works is you, you do something like this as a starter, and then other people stitch their response. So this person says, what's an unwritten poor person rule that rich people wouldn't understand? And then you're going to get this woman's response. You ready? Yeah. Go ahead. What's an unwritten rule from your world that rich people just wouldn't understand? So if somebody offers to take you out to dinner, like breakfast, lunch, dinner as a courtesy, and it's sort of predetermined that they will pay um, beforehand, like, let me take you out to dinner. Um, Especially if this person is like your mother, who is a housekeeper who makes, you know, like minimum wage. Um, You, while you're looking at the menu and ordering, um, you ask them like, hey, what do you think you're going to get? And then you look at the price of that item. And then you make sure that whatever you order is that price or less. So um, if she's getting the cheeseburger, I do not get the surf and turf because that is just excessive and rude. And also I only drink water because I am not going to waste your $4 on a soda. So because we're always consciously or subconsciously concerned about price. Do you, do you do that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I do as well. Yeah. Like if somebody takes me out to dinner, always, as we're figuring out what we want, I always say, so what are you getting? Yeah. Yeah. And also, if, if somebody takes me out to dinner and, and it's not been established, hey, I'm going to buy your food, but I think they're going to buy my food, I make sure that I order something where it doesn't matter whether or not they buy my food. Yeah, you kind of get something kind of middle line, you yeah. know. That's that's kind of what I do that too. Yeah. Uh, the only exceptions is like when you know them very, very well and it's agreed on ahead of time. And yes, you know, yeah. and, and and even you know between people, somebody might say, "Hey, Aaron, Aaron, we're going to go out to eat." Like, there's a the the there's not very many restaurants besides fast food here in Canada that are analog to the U.S. But Caraba's Grill is here. And we love, it's not that we love Caraba's Grill, we love a taste of home. You know, because if, if, we, if we went out to eat in Jonesboro, um, I know there's not a Caraba's in Jonesboro, but uh, Caraba's is, is a little bit fancier Olive Garden. So it just kind of, we probably once every three or four months, we go to Caraba's. Uh, we went for our anniversary in December. Hold on, I'm lost. You're back now. All right, I'm back. Now, if um, if you were up here and I'd be like, "Hey, let's go to Carabas," and uh, Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of your food. If that's all I say, you would probably still look at what I'm ordering yeah. and allow me to set the budget. Yeah. But if I said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna get your food. Get literally anything you want to get." If you tell me that, I know you well enough, I'd get anything I wanted. Yes. If, you, if you said, Aaron, I've got, some dude donated a thousand bucks to me last week, and I'm so grateful I want to share it with others. In fact, he, he donated a thousand dollars and said he wanted me to do this. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd, You'd get whatever I'd, you wanted. I'd buy the meal that I wanted. Yeah. That was more expensive. I'd yes. go for one that's more expensive because generally the more expensive meals are the better meals. Yes. But you wouldn't do that unless it was known beforehand. Now, yeah. do you have a Bible verse that comes to mind? I've got one, but I've had over 24 hours to think about I, this. So <laughs> don't feel bad. I don't know. For some reason, this is not. It's not parallel, but I'm thinking about the the parable that Jesus taught about. Come sit up higher. Like Ooh. I don't know if that connects with it or not, but it very well could. I didn't even think about that. Something like um, the dinner feast. Don't take the place of honor. Yeah, Luke fourteen seven and following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give place to this man. Yeah. When, you, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he, come, when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. Whoever yeah. humbles himself will be... Or excuse me. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. I don't know. I just yeah. thought of that. And, and all that is is Jesus telling these people understand your place. Yeah. Be self aware. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I thought of that. Yeah, I think that's good. I didn't think of that. That's not where I went at all. Yeah. But that, that's a good one. You know, you what you're doing is you are protecting the reputation and honor of the person of whom you are a guest. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if I say Aaron, let's go to Carabas. All right, so I'm I'm ordering a a hamburger meal with a salad or whatever. It's 19.99, and then you order the the braised beef ribs with carbonara and all this is 49.99. Yep, you're out. Or oh, hold now on. Now you're back. Now you're back. Right now I'm back. Yeah. So you order a meal that's forty nine ninety nine. I order a meal that's nineteen ninety nine. It would be embarrassing for me to say, Aaron, I can't really afford that. Yeah. Or it would also be embarrassing for me to say, Hey, you know, he's ordering this uh, braised beef ribs with a carbonara and a blah 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 and whatever. That's forty nine ninety nine. So I'm going to change my order to a small green salad that's seven ninety nine. Yeah, if I did the higher meal and you were the one, you were the host, you were paying, I get the 50 buck meal, you get the 20, you know, you offered to pay and I didn't pay attention to it. Then I'd go home going, he probably ate a, a lesser exquisite meal than I did. And he offered to pay. And I took him up on it and I ate better than he did. And it'd make you feel weird. It'd just be like, yes. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I'd have got the 20 buck meal like he did, you know. Right, right. What was the verse you had? Uh, golden rule. Matthew seven twelve. Okay. okay. Yeah. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. It's the same principle. Mm-hmm. Just be self-aware. Don't be so egocentric that you can't put yourself yeah. uh, in the other person's shoes and think about how they're going to experience this, the situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that shows how much it applies, even to something as simple as taking a buddy out to eat. Or, or yeah. being taken out to eat by a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Be be mindful of your surroundings and don't be self-absorbed. That's it. You know, think 
and there's other passages about that. There's a lot of them, you know, like Romans. Oh, yeah. Where said, you know, don't think on your own needs, but the needs of others. And That's it. Things like that. That's it. You know, un- understand that uh, this person, and it also goes, like, don't, don't allow your relationship building to be all around going out to eat because the person you're trying to build a re- oh am I there? Yeah. Okay. The person you're trying to build a relationship with, he may or she may not have the disposable income to be able to go and drink Starbucks and eat at Chili's or Carabas or I can't think of restaurants now, Aaron. Yeah. Uh I'm thinking of restaurants up here, Skipper Jack's. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You come up here, we're going to go eat at Skipper Jack's. It's that Skipper, that's got to have food, right? I mean, I'm sorry, fish, right? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'd probably love it. I love, I like fish. It's Atlantic, it's Atlantic seafood. Yeah, I'd like to try that. So you can go to Skipper Jack's and you can get scallops that were harvested from the Bay of Fundy that morning. Wow. Yeah. I'm, it froze out. Uh, there it is. I, I've never, I mean, it's been a while since I've had scallops. I don't recall particularly liking them. But if I went to that restaurant, you say they're real good? I'd the, probably try it. I'd try they it. They hit I mean, different when they're fresh. Yeah, I'd probably, it'd probably, I'd probably. Whenever like we it. first got here, we drove to uh, Shediac and went to the fishmonger and we got a lobster that had been harvested. We, 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 with about 3 p.m., we got a lobster that had can't come in on that day's haul. That's cool. Yeah, it's That's different. Really yeah. yeah, it's not like it's not like red lobster. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but anyway, yeah, why, I've, why had, I've had that? I've had lobster before, and I wasn't too impressed. It was okay, but uh, it's, it's like a big old crawdad. Yeah, it's know? just okay. It's like kind of butter and salt, which I like butter and salt, but it's just <laughs> just kind of oily and it just I don't. I like fish. I like shrimp. I like yeah. crab. I like. I, I like say, you're not convincing me too much. <laughs> I know. I do. I like different fish. Are I like you sure? shrimp. You sure you like fish and seafood? <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I'm that dude that yeah, I like him southern shrimp boy. You know, and uh, dip yeah. them in ketchup. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I guess this this last video. It's good, you know. I, I like I like having illustrations like that, and it and it shows just mm-hmm. be aware, be aware of your surroundings. Think yeah. about how your actions are going to affect the other person, and even when it comes to developing a relationship with somebody, if you're trying to develop a relationship around activities that cost money, just be aware that person might not have the disposable income that you have. Yeah, and so you might you might feel like they're pulling away from you. Well, you know, we used to go out to eat on Monday, Monday for lunch on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you just dropped me like a like an old rag. Yeah. Well, it has nothing to do with you. I can't afford to go out and eat Monday. Let's let's pack a bologna sandwich and go to the park. Yeah. If you want to spend time with me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've got here. That's good stuff. I like those videos. Those were good. They were interesting. Yeah, a little, little bit neat. A little bit neat. And, so it, what you, and it would have been well, much better without the internet glitches, but that ain't that, that the truth. Yeah. Hopefully we get that straightened out next yeah. week. I'm yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that this week. 
So we have a Facebook page, Christianity Now. Uh, nobody watched this show on Christianity Now. The total live viewers were zero. Um, if you would, there's five of you here, go to Christianity Now and like the page because it won't be long that the only place you'll be able to watch Christianity Now live will be on the Christianity Now YouTube channel and the Christianity Now Facebook page. We do not have a YouTube Labeth is was bad sick for the last week, and now she's better-ish. But we're still not 100%. But uh, we're going to get this all together. And as much as I love my Cogitations brand, as much as I love the fact that we have the 2 by 2 podcast channel, we want to really focus on the brand Christianity now. And probably for the next month, we're going to be streaming on 2 by 2 and Cogitations and Christianity now. But after 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 the month of March is over, we're going to be um, we're going to be uh, just on Christianity now Facebook page and YouTube channel. Sue Ross yeah. asks, "How can I get to where I can comment on YouTube? Does it cost me to be able to comment?" Absolutely not. Now we're not on YouTube at the moment, so you won't be able to find. We're not there. We're, you know, you just can't find us. But but we are just going to, to be on YouTube. Yeah, and to answer her question generally, just any video, YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, does give certain people the ability, like the publisher of the video, to prohibit comments. I've seen yeah. videos like that. Yeah. But if it's but if but if but if comments are not cut off, you should be able to comment. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to be subscribed to so many nothing. You just That's get it. on there and you comment. If comments are allowed, you can comment no matter who you are. That's it. That's it. And like I said, we're eventually we're going to grow this up to where you can send stars, like you can comment with stars on Facebook or you can super chat on YouTube. And I don't know, we're, we're going to create a revenue stream where you can support Christianity now uh, monthly. Now we don't have that done yet, but we're, we're going to do that. And that's all I'm saying about that. Thank Sue Ross says, I cannot comment on anything I've watched, but yeah. obviously, but, but Facebook. Yeah, weird, Sue. I don't know that what's is, going on with that. Yeah, that's weird because the only times I've noticed that is I've noticed below the video comments disabled. Like sometimes I'll see churches post videos of their sermons and they'll disable comments probably because they don't want to attend all of them. You know, and I would, yeah. I completely get that. You know, yeah. I, I've never had a my, problem otherwise. When I do my story time classics, um, you can't comment on any of my story time classics because I upload them and they are for children. Yeah. Maybe I wonder, uh, Miss Sue Ross. I wonder if I don't can't remember Tony. Do you, does does one need a an account like a Google account slash YouTube account to comment? I I know I'm able to log in like through Google, or it may be that she needs to have a, a an account a free. It, it's, it a free account. it's a yeah, free it's account. It's a free account. Yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe somebody needs to set you up with a with a Google account. For YouTube, in order for you to comment, Sue, or maybe here's my suggestion: quick thing, go online, Miss Sue. Just go online and and Google search. Do I need a Google account to comment on YouTube? I don't know. Maybe it'd help you. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't. Well, she says she's subscribed. If she's huh. subscribed, she's got an account. Well, I hope it's weird. Hope it's not the commies or something. You know, but who knows? <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? 
All right. Well, anyway, Cogita- or, uh, uh, Christianity Now. Follow follow the Christianity Now Facebook page. And eventually, we're going to have Christianity Now as its own podcast channel, its YouTube channel, and its Facebook page. And that's the only place you'll be able to get it. And we will have a revenue stream, whether it be Patreon or Subscribestar or Locals. Got to figure out the best way to do that. And uh, yeah, be sure. And, and if you like the content, and you want us to do more of it, and, and we are going to up the content. We're going to try to have value added for your support. So there will be things behind a paywall. Uh, we're not putting the gospel behind a paywall. We're putting content, entertaining content behind a paywall. And uh, that's for the people who want to. Um, that's for the people who want to support us to have value added. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I've got. Aaron, you got anything as we close? No, I've enjoyed it. Thank you again to everybody watching and share it around. Let people know about the show. That's it. God bless y'all. This has been Aaron Dotson and Tony Brewer for Christianity Now. And thank you for everybody that commented. Thank you for everybody that uh, shared and all that good stuff. Be sure and follow Christianity Now Facebook page and subscribe to Cogitations. But eventually you'll be subscribing to Christianity Now podcast channel as well. And we'll catch you on the flip side.